to the Sun Podcast. State of Nature. Yeah. yeah I'm Peter. I'm Ian. And I'm Ethan. And here's our first official episode where we got some good feedback uh, from a lot of people that we sent this podcast out to. And so hopefully that'll help make things a little bit better. Uh, but let's get right into it. So to start out, we'll go right into politics with Ian. All right, sounds good. Uh, so, just a little disclaimer beforehand to all those listeners. Uh, we are not uh, political experts, nor do we claim to be. If we're making you angry or something, let us know, but we're, we're just hanging out and chilling. Don't, don't get too upset by any of our opinions, you know. We're just, we're just hanging out. All right, so, into politics today. Uh, so, I'm going to go into the recent withdrawal of the United States from the uh, INF agreement, which is like an agreement that like came up during the Reagan administration that kind of regulated the size and range of nuclear missiles. Russia um, kind of had an under wraps missile that supposedly didn't go, didn't follow the INF guidelines. Uh, U.S. through inspections kind of found out about it. I'm actually not entirely sure how they found out about, found out about it. Uh, but, you know, U.S. was like, hey, if they're not going to follow INF, neither will we. So we withdrew. Uh, so did Russia. And, you know, that, that's, the, that's the story thus far. We going into another Cold War. Who knows? What are, you guys, what are your fellow's thoughts? I, I actually heard something about that this morning, that if Russia decides not to go through with their pulling out, their mutual pulling out of this agreement, then... I guess we're going to be facing some serious issues again with Russia, but I mean, I mean the whole history of the Cold War is such a, you know, crap show. Right. No one in their right minds wants more problems with Russia. I mean, we have this probe going on right now with our president that's just, I mean, you can't turn on any news platform without it being mentioned every single day. I mean, this would just add much more drama with this foreign country that I don't think our administration and our, our government needs right now. I mean, are, are we still in the shutdown right now? No. We're okay. Not. I it's, haven't been. It's been temporary, temporarily stopped with what's called a stopgap bill. Essentially, they have funds for the next two weeks or so. And while they're doing that, they're able to negotiate stuff for the border wall. And if they don't come to agreement, then the government will shut down again. Dude, that border wall. Holy, holy hell. I, yeah. I honestly... There are so many different things we can be doing with our resources than trying to fund this wall. I mean, by the time we fund, like, it's not 100% sure, obviously, that Trump will, if he runs again, win. So, I mean, by the time we even get this wall situated and set up, he won't even be president. That's the thing that's the most ridiculous to me about him wanting to get this done, is that... He, even if it does get done, he won't even be in the presidency by the time it's finished. And to me, like, we could be spending the money on the wall elsewhere. I think it'd be much better. Th- I, I think 
if we if we took that money, we could use that money to try and fix up our immigration system. I mean, there are, there are people who wait on the list for like 15 plus years waiting to get into our country and they're like eager to get in. I mean, we could we could be using the money we would use on the wall to like hire people to help speed up the process for these these people wanting to become citizens of the US. The whole thing is just so ridiculous. Yeah, I it's interesting just to see everybody debate over what the wall is actually going to be whether it's going to be a concrete barrier or just better security it's a lot of the the arguments have focused around that aspect of it and at least personally i feel that i lean more liberal on the fact that better border security is something that we should enforce because there are parts of our southern border that aren't exactly... It doesn't make any sense to put a physical barrier there, you know? Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. dude, historically, I, I think it was the English that tried to put up a legit wall against the Scottish. That didn't work. Then you have the Chinese trying to put up the wall against the Hun. That didn't work. This isn't the Great Wall of America we got here. But it's just like, dude, I think of, think of like Hamas in Israel... And, and Gaza, they built tunnels to go under the border into Israel, and it worked. Yeah. It's... it's Dude, the wall is such a bad idea. I really think as, as a country with a history of mixing people and loads of immigration, I mean, our country is built on immigration, essentially. It's ridiculous for us to try and put up a physical barrier to keep people out that would benefit our country they would benefit our workforce it's just so ridiculous yeah, yeah and i completely agree I, I don't know i think at this point it's futile how much is a physical barrier gonna actually matter and we have i don't really know i've never been to the border so like you know obviously i don't know that much about it um but i think like you know there, there are fences there are like there's barriers there. There's there's crossing guards there. Like that all exists. Like how much different would a wall matter, you know? Like a physical wall. I mean, you haven't you haven't been to our southern border, but you did grow up in Germany and Germany had a border. They had the, the Berlin Wall. Right, precisely. And people got over that all the time. So. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like I I've seen a document I saw a documentary a few years ago about a guy that would fly like almost a hang glider type thing over the border like all the time and it's like like are we really going to be stopping any illegal traffic coming into our country with this physical barrier i don't think so right like it's honestly hard for me to believe that that would stop anything yeah and it would actually do for president trump it would do his administration really well to take a stance on Instead of building this wall, it would do them a lot of good to try and fix our immigration system. It's so it's so messed up. And who knows? Maybe because maybe with withdrawing from the INF, maybe we don't even have to build the wall and just dump money into building nukes. Yeah, <laughs> that's gone so well for us in the past. That's a yeah. that's a dope idea. You know what? I back that. Yeah, see, I don't back that. And the thing is also that a lot of these things are kind of hard for Trump because if you think about it from his perspective. 
if he wants to hopefully get to a second term, he needs to work on the promises that he's made over his, when he was being elected. I mean, he needs to fight for this wall. He needs to fight for all these things that he's talked about. And that's what sort of makes this whole situation a lot more difficult than it should be. Where we could compromise is that he has a position to protect, essentially. And he wants to do that because he's, he's interested in that. And, I mean, our own self-interest in that sense sort of mm -hmm. prevents us from doing the best Thing possible yeah i mean i think that's that's very fair and like he also has like you know he has you know presidential integrity like if he's not gonna you know win another election should he run again if he goes back on his promises i mean obviously i'm not crazy about any of the promises he made but i yeah. i'm right on board with you i think like as a president he should keep his sincerity and like at least his goals intact I mean, how he's going to do this, I don't know. Obviously, like, do you guys actually think the wall is going to go up by, you know, 2020? No, absolutely not. There's no possible exactly. way. I mean, he, it's all, his, his objectives have already been fairly volatile and not really, you know, up to par with, you know, how the government... I think he was overly ambitious on how much would actually get done. I mean, which, like, what's new? All, all presidents that run on a platform that most of what act they actually promise doesn't necessarily get done. So, like, how much is his integrity is intact and, like, how much people are going to believe in what he says in the upcoming election, that's completely dependent on, like, the individual. I mean... Yeah. I mean, the sad truth of it, though, is his his base are so dedicated to him that even if he doesn't come through on his promises he can keep making promises and they just like hearing his voice. They'll, they'll still vote for him. I mean, for me, like, in the people that I hope to vote for, I hope that they pull through on what they're promising. I hope for it. Yeah. I don't like all the talk. I mean, all the talk is whatever. It's when they actually start to pull through on their promises that I enjoy what I'm seeing. And the sad truth of it is that even if he doesn't pull through and he runs for a second term, his base are so dedicated that he could actually pull through and win again. And I think that's the, that's the biggest objective Democrats should look towards is finding one candidate that they can all stand behind. Because this last election, we had two, two candidates that could have easily you know, taken hold of the entire party. And the obvious choice for me was Bernie. Yeah. I, I felt that Bernie was a great example of pure democracy. I mean, his entire campaign was being funded by the people who wanted to see him win. Right. There was no corporate money, so we, so we saw. There, there weren't any corporate dollars behind his speeches. I mean, he really was running for the people in the party. He was running for the younger people of our country and really looking out for the new generations that are coming up. and. Mm -hmm. The top brass of the Democratic Party still decided to go with a candidate like Hillary, who in the past is completely impersonal. She's, well, she's just gone in her own way from winning. Yeah, like, dude, Trump said, Trump said, uh, like he made comments every single day of his campaign that would have torpedoed anybody else's campaign, and she still managed to lose. Yeah, yeah. Like the thing that I liked most about Bernie is that 
his debate style like really drew you in and you really wanted to hear hear him out like he wasn't up there just trying to throw out shade and go for the same old like we're gonna bring back jobs da, da, da. Yeah. it's like yeah no we've heard that but how mm-hmm. and he would actually go through and try his hardest to explain how he was going to complete his objectives and he still just I mean, fell short in the caucus yeah yeah i mean it's also like you know do you think there's a a democrat that could hold to the standard of like you know the bernie election or do you think he was just too charismatic for his own time or do like i think he was too old i, I mean yeah, yeah that's fair yeah i i personally think beto has a pretty good shot like if they start grooming him i they've probably already started grooming him whoever they're going to whoever the top brass of the democratic party want to run they probably already started grooming him that's probably fair to say but i think like someone like beto o'rourke he ran in texas against ted cruz in a like he almost beat ted cruz in his own republican state like that's insane if you can get that many people to see your side and agree with you people from the other end of the political spectrum i think like that's the type of person the democrats should want to put like a young face bipartisan kind of guy right like willing to work with the other side and has some genuinely good ideas that's what we should be looking for the problem with bernie i think was that he was too old if bernie was in his late 40s early 50s and had a bigger social media uh presence i think bernie really could have taken it but i think he was just he waited a little too long for his shot and i think that's why he didn't make it right and like you know, maybe maybe as a Democratic nomination or Democrat Party nomination, Beto O'Rourke might seem like the choice, but we're not going to... I feel like that might be a little overly ambitious, like, considering he didn't win Texas. But I don't. I also don't think it's out of the question. Um, Dude, he got so famous during that run, though. Yeah. I just... At least from all the people that have already declared their candidacy for, right. presidency, for the presidency... In the Democratic Party, he hasn't said anything about it yet, as far as I've seen. But yet we have, like... Yeah, might as well build, start building a following now. Yeah. He's not going to do but, it soon, then. But we already have, like, Kamala Harris and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cory Booker that are already being nominated for this. Or, mm-hmm. not not nominated. Endorsed. But, yeah, endorsed. And they're already going out to see the people and already they're already having speeches and stuff like that. And, I mean, both of them are in the in congress and they both have that political experience that would really help them to gain a strong support of just the overall democratic party sure. um, and that's i think both of them have a bigger chance or a greater chance at i guess getting the the nomination from the democratic party over beto o'rourke just in my opinion. I mean, the moral of the story is if the Democrats can't find one candidate to oh. really stand behind, because we don't want another Bernie... I, 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 I'm a Democrat, and I think the worst thing that can happen is another Donald Trump presidency that, that came through because the Democrats couldn't settle on one candidate. And another thing with a lot of these Democrats in the last election instead of still voting Democrats. Like, dude, you want your team to win. Like, a lot of people who supported Bernie when he didn't win the seat for the primary, 
They decided to go third party. I mean, I get it, but those votes aren't going anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's game time when it comes to the primary and you need to show up to the, you need to show up to the game. You can't yeah. just sit there and go, "Oh, I'm going to go watch another team at another field." Like you need to show up to your team's game and really yeah. really play the game. Like we need another billionaire. Like we need the Starbucks. <laughs> like we need that. Dude, where is Elon Musk? The, no. South Musk. African running for US. Yeah, US I'll, I'd pass on voting for him personally, <laughs> but All right. I just, yeah. Well, we're not going to settle the election anytime soon. Uh, we will, we'll, we'll touch up on this again when we, uh, when, you know, election gets closer. But in the meantime, let's focus on uh, the past. Uh, Ethan, what you, what you got for us history-wise? Well, uh, this week in history is a bit of a tie in the music for all our music fans. I grew up playing guitar, and a big when I got to middle school, we had a guitar class, and one of the first songs we learned how to play were the chords to American Pie. Um, Don McLean obviously wrote this song and performed it, in 1971, but it is about a plane crash that happened on February 3rd, 1959, the day the music died. It's the song, or it's the event more so that inspired the song. If you're un- unfamiliar with the song, uh, I'll play a little bit for you. That a little, I'll play a little bit of that for you now. This will be the day that I die. Did you write? A little bit behind the song. The song is eight and a half minutes. I mean, it's quite a saga. Uh, if you've got the time on your hands, give it a shot. I uh, believe in you. But I mean, if you got the time to listen to this podcast, then you got the time to listen to yeah, this Yeah, if, if you have the time to listen to the podcast, you have more than enough time to go listen to the song. But the song has so many messages. But this this one day in particular, the day the music died, is, is such a somber moment in music history. Um, on February 3rd, 1959, three of... Um, America's most popular musicians at that time, Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and J.P. Richardson, a.k.a. the Big Bopper, boarded a plane. Uh, the, bla- the plane took off in bad weather conditions and went down, killing all everybody that was on the plane. Just kind of going along with that, the we found out more after the plane had crashed, obviously. They've gone back and looked at the event quite, you know, under under a much larger scope, and I guess the the pilot of the plane didn't even have a license to fly under those conditions. um, Yeah. That's a red flag right there. Big red flag. Uh, Holly was 22. Valens was 17. I mean, can you imagine just starting your career? I realized Holly was that young. Dude, Valens was 17. Holy. I mean, everyone's heard La Bamba. I, I imagine you guys have probably seen the movie. Have you guys seen the movie La Bamba? Can't say I have. So sad. Uh, unbelievable like he had such a hard life he comes from a family Richie Valens comes from a family of uh, I think Northern California pickers uh, fruit pickers he makes it big time with this song La Bamba I mean at the time think of how many famous people of color especially Latino musicians were making it in America I mean not that many I mean he kind of paves the way for a lot of Latin American musicians but his life is cut so short. I mean, this this day really for for Don McLean who performs 
American Pie. This day holds such a such an impact in his own life. Um, I mean, I don't I don't even know where to go from that. It's just such it's just such a it's sad just sad yeah. yeah. But it is it is quite unique in that three of those three of that time's most popular musicians die at once. Now, something also kind of interesting about the plane taking off itself is that J.P. Richardson wasn't supposed to be on the plane. Uh, future country star Waylon Jennings was actually supposed to be on the plane. Outlaw country singer Waylon Jennings gave up his seat so, the, so that the big bopper can, could get to his destination quicker. I mean, without... I mean, just to think, if you insert Waylon Jennings into that situation, you give up such a big spot in outlaw country. Cause I mean, you, I mean, you talk about different uh, genres of music. Like you can't, you can't say like, I'm trying to like, you can't say the Beatles without the Rolling Stones. You know what I mean? You can't say Waylon Jennings without Johnny Cash. You can't say Willie, Nil Willie Nilsson without Waylon Jennings. I mean, outlaw country is what it is in so many people's hearts because of the dudes who played their part at their time. It's also the only reason I ever even like ventured into the just country as an overall genre. Like this is the only outlaw country is the only kind of country I would ever listen to, probably because of this like influence. So like I just can't even imagine. Like, oh, dude, for me, I like anything past outlaw country. Like you venture into pop country, oh, right. <laughs> you lose me, Ugh. dude. It's that. It's that. Like it's that. Country, it, well, the thing with pop country. Sorry. Side note. The thing with pop country that really just irritates me is that they're trying so hard to be pop. It's like, you, dude, you're losing everything that you know country music stands for for people. Like dusty trucks. And... Dude, you still have that, but you're losing. You're losing the overall feel of what makes country country for so many people. Like the great storytelling aspect is essentially gone. You're left with just the stereotypes that people pander to their audiences with. Like there's no, like it's one thing to be like rolling up to the crossroads in your boots, right? But there's, there's another thing with having an entire story about how you got to the crossroads and where you're going from there. You lose that in pop country. But with outlaw country, I mean, dude, you took rock and roll and at the time, Outlaw Country starts to begin. Rock and roll has already gone out of its bad boy phase and is turning into its, you know, early 70s coming into its psychedelic phase. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Outlaw Country, for me, is such a cool music genre to look back on. But you wouldn't have Waylon Jennings if he decided to stay on that plane. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, any artist, I, I personally am such a huge fan of Amy Winehouse. And all the time, I'll be listening to music that comes out in our modern time, and I think to myself, man, what would it be like to have an Amy Winehouse feature? Or what would, what would Amy Winehouse's music be? I mean, that's essentially what America was feeling at that moment. Just being like, well, that's it for their careers. That's it for their lives. I mean, Buddy Holly... You think of you think of how much more music each of these music, musicians could have put out in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. There there is a a good to fair chance they'd all still be alive. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. And I think yeah. that's that's maybe something you could look up on your spare time this week if that interests you. February 3rd, 1959. A plane crashes. 
coming to be known later on as The Day the Music Died. Wasn't it like... I'm trying to think of the band. It was like, wasn't it Leonard Skinnerd? Did the whole band died in like a plane crash or van accident? Like, no, dude, I don't think so. What? I, I oh, swear Leonard Skinner died. Like, all of them died and... That can't be. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm a look that up real yeah, fast. Fact checking real quick. I, I, is it Leonard Skinner? There, one of these bands that was like a few years later that like all of them died in a. Oh, so three members of the Southern rock group Leonard Skinner died along with three other passengers when their plane went down in Mississippi. That's it was a plane. Was. Yeah, so you started out with a plane yeah, crash. I thought you were talking about You weren't Skinner. wrong. Like there were there were quite a there were there was another three plane members crash. in 1977 of Leonard Skinner. You started out with a plane crash. crash. I was like, wait a second, and then yeah. I, I and then I didn't realize. Yo, everyone's getting murked in plane crashes. Holy, that's so much music influence. I mean, I don't love Leonard Skinner, and like you've heard their songs. Though. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I know exactly. I know what Leonard Skinner is, and I know like when it shows up on the radio, learning who they are. I mean, same thing with the artist you just mentioned. Like, these these artists are passing way before their time's up, and they still have this much influence. Like, unreal, uh, unreal, yeah. seriously. Unreal. I mean. Imagine if that happened today. We lost, like, I don't know. I mean, who's even popular nowadays? Like, well, Ariana dude. Grande, like... Well, X died. Yeah. R.I.P. XXX. Well, uh, I mean, this, <laughs> is, this is the same thing. Like, Shawn Mendes hasn't had a super long career, but he's had hits. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yeah. that, that kid came up from Vine. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. But that's, like, essentially Shawn Mendes getting killed on a plane crash with yeah, like, two like, other artists. Yeah, you lose, like... Yeah, Ariana Grande, Shawn Mendes, and I don't know, Kanye West or something. Like, Nuts. that would... Everybody, I mean, I can't... everybody would lose their minds with something like that. But it's the same thing. Like, Mac Miller just died, and he was crazy for the rap game. Like, he had a ton of influence, and, like, like him suddenly passing like that, you didn't realize how big his influence was until after the fact. Definitely carried on the torch for other white rappers. Not yeah, the first sure. one to do it, obviously, yeah. but... Definitely carried on the torch, passed it on, and allowed some of these new dudes to come up. Obviously, like Suicide Boys and other, other mm-hmm. rappers of the lighter complexion, yeah. to yeah. to have a career and make it. And and yeah, you lose these artists so early, it just makes you it makes you wonder what could have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of a lot of the fans back in the day, Richie Valens fans. Buddy Holly fans were definitely in that position of, all right, what now for music? How is the music industry going to continue on? What direction are they going to take? And I mean, looking back on history, they, the, the music industry will always prevail. This was just a super dark time. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I, I mean, country music overall isn't exactly my cup of tea, but... For, um, what is it? Just for the electronic trap music genre, if if they were to lose, say, R.L. Grime, that would, for me personally, that'd be devastating because this music has just been so good and so influential to me. Yeah, but, for our listeners, I mean, if you feel it, if you feel a disconnect from this historical event. I urge you to just take your favorite artist right now in the moment who are alive and well, a little somber, but imagine it was them. I mean, that is the closest thing you're going to feel to what these fans felt for their favorite artist back in 1959.
Mm-hmm. And I think that pretty much sums it up for uh, this week in history. Uh, right now we're going to turn it back over to Peter to start guiding us through our uh, cultural picks for this week. Everything ranging from our favorite music of the week to our favorite movies that we've been watching, maybe TV shows. I don't know. Peter, take it away. Thanks. Well, I mean, I guess going from favorite artist, we're not imagining them dead right now, but what, for this week, what have you guys been listening to? I mean, I know for me, it's been this song called Boyish by Japanese Breakfast. I love that. Is that the, oh, dude. Yeah, I have that song. That's a great song. I've never checked out Japanese Breakfast. It's It's a chick, right? Yeah. Yeah. She... Kind of indie, more soft-spoken, I'd say. Pretty melancholy-type music. I think that sort of has been one of the veins of music that I've been going into recently. I mean, our our theme music is sort of an example of that. But it's just... It's cool because it also has this sort of old, big band-type feel with the drums and everything in the background. I absolutely love the song, and her voice is just amazing. Japanese breakfast, folks. Go give it a listen. Uh, Wait, is that what it's called? Japanese breakfast? Yes. Japanese breakfast, boyish is the song. Go give it a listen. Ian, what have you been listening to? All right, so one's a bit of a plug. The other's just something I've been slapping lately. So... Uh, artist, artist, a new artist that recently dropped uh, their single Marl, Marlboro Man, Marlboro like the cigarette, Marlboro Man by State Park Ranger. It's like a bluesy indie rock uh, with some kind of raspy, soulful lyrics. It's a nice slow beat. I, It's truly kind of a treasure as far as an underground band goes. Um... I hope I'm doing them justice because they're, they're have a rather small audience and they're trying to trying to grow a little bit. So this is like their first official um, single, I want to say. So I'm, I'm probably not giving them justice in this description. However, I they're like a group in their twenties, and they're just so you can just they just kind of seep talent individually that I think combines well. Um, I know their lead guitarist. He's great dude, great guy, uh, and he's, like, you can just tell, just listening to them, like, through that there's how connected they are, um, and I just think it's, like, a very, really nice tune, um, and again, sorry, this is a plug a bit, uh, but I, that's something I've been having on repeat lately. You ride to the tide, you know what's on the other side Another, uh, I gotta be honest, is a is a Christmas tune. Uh, Christmas, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh. Okay, give it to okay. Uh, Christmas time is here. The Charlie band, the Charlie Brown classic, but yeah. it's uh, played by like this, like uh, like a jazzy instrumental by Crangbin. <laughs> Song's so good. It like doesn't even sound like a Christmas song. Like I can't, I can't, like, like the other day I was I was riding around with some some homies and I I, I turned on like Ian like, 
what are you doing? I was like, just give it a second. And the song is so, so good. Like, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Christmas music, but man, this song is so good. Like, I, I'm going to be listening to this all year, without a doubt. Uh, what about you, Ethan? Man, this week I've been bumping uh, a bit of an oldie, but just as well a goodie, The Sapphires. I don't know anything about the band at all. I found the band, one of my favorite skateboarders, Evan Mock, posted his, his I guess, current picks on Spotify, just put up a solid playlist, and he, he featured this band, The Sapphires. He featured two songs, Who Do You Love and I Found Out Too Late. Um, just such a good, I, personally, I love like 1950s diner music. I guess that's what you could call it, but it's it's really just early rock and roll music. So good. I, this is like the quintessential sound of what I think good diner music is. So if you have a minute, go check out the Sapphires. Who do you know? I wanna know, I wanna know. Where did you go when you kissed me goodnight? Uh, Two Dudes, One Chick on the album cover. The The only album they have on iTunes or Spotify is The Best of the Sapphires. So go give them go give them a solid listen if you're interested in good diner music. And then this, I guess this week in TV, I guess I'll just kick off the next little bit. I've been watching this Medici show that Netflix put out and it's got a Richard, is his name Richard Madden? Yes, I think so. He's in Game of Thrones and then he was... He was also yeah, in, yeah, yeah. he was also in uh, the recent series Bodyguard. I think he just took home an Emmy. But he's season one starts out with uh, Cosimo Medici uh, post his father's death, taking over for his father's bank. Played by and, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman, dude. Shouts out, R.I.P. 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 Career. Yeah, R.I.P. Career. Was it Me Too? Did he get Me Too? Yeah, rightfully so though. Like, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he definitely. This is you know, pre pre Me Too the the first season. Still, I I would certainly hope it's pre Me Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely is. No, my thing though is I definitely think you can separate the art from the artist, and you Mm -hmm. should be able to. Yeah. My girl and I were watching uh, Seven. Have you guys seen Seven with uh, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt? And uh, I've heard of Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, yeah. Dude, Kevin Spacey has been in some of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, for sure. Usual Suspects, Seven. Dude. Can you name a few? House of Cards. I was such a huge House of Cards fan, season one and two primarily. Oh, yeah. But it's just like, you should be, I think, I think for me, I like separating the art from the artist. And it's entirely possible. It just kind of depends on the degree of what, like how deep the artist is. Like I mentioned XXX earlier as a joke. Yeah. He, ba- he's more or less a kid when he died and he was what, 19? I know this is going back to the music a bit, but like as far as separating the art from the artist, like I was never able to do that with him because he was new in the first place, and like, and he he'd been doing kind of pretty crappy things, like for yeah, like (laughs) for 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 kind of the entirety of his known career. So I think if you start out like that. Um, it's a little bit harder because that's kind of the reputation you start with and build. Um, as far as Dustin Hoffman goes, he w- hadn't inherently been terrible throughout his entire career. He was just like, he had taken a joke too far and rightfully so kind of was removed from this 
era of like us glorifying people who are kind of uh, crappy people behind the scenes. Um, whereas like, so like Dustin Hoffman, he was able to, you know, perform and preserve a relatively good stature up until recently. And I am entirely grateful that like the truth came out and that he, he said some pretty, pretty awful things to some truly undeserving people. However, I think you can separate with him. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. I mean, for me though, seeing Dustin Hoffman in that role, it's so funny though. Like for how, for how much effort Netflix decides to put into their Netflix originals, they just totally went off the rails on like trying to do an Italian accent with these actors. Like they don't mm-hmm. even attempt it. Some do. Some go for it, but the the main actors don't even try. Like Richard Madden is Scottish. Dustin Hoffman's American. Yeah, and it's so clearly American too. <laughs> like, Dustin Hoffman <laughs> plays Richard Madden's father, so it's just like one American talking to a Scotsman. It's just so funny. It was the same thing with like Frontier. Um, Jason Momoa. Did, yeah, Jason yeah. Jason Momoa playing. Uh, Irish Native American, and he just sounds like himself. Like <laughs> nothing changes. I like think in real life, he's like half Midwestern, half Hawaiian, or something. Yeah, just like real American. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'd I'd recommend going and giving that Medici show a watch. I'm like a solid five episodes in, but they have been a solid five episodes at that. Yeah. So what have you been watching lately, Peter? I haven't been watching it recently but it's also been on my mind recently so i'm gonna count it for this week because this week has been more for movies for me but we'll get into that later right it's this show on hulu called the looming tower if you guys have heard of that i can't say it's it's about the events leading up to 9-11 within the fbi and the cia that's kind of it's it's a very dramatic it's very just drama based stuff but that's intense. It, yeah, it Never was forget. intense. I, I absolutely loved the show though. It was. What? Well, I mean, what? It is it like? Is it documentary? What? I don't. No, know. it's it's a drama. Oh, dramatization. So yeah. it's like it's like the story of OJ, and yeah. like like it's like it's a true event, but they like drama. Mm-hmm. Like it's like played by professional actors yeah. and stuff. Okay. Or like you. or like Mind Hunters on Netflix. Mind Hunter is so good. Have you seen Mind Hunter? I, can't, I It's about the dudes that worked for the FBI who coined the term serial killer. Yeah. So they go around interviewing serial killers. That's kind of tight. And they build like the serial killer profile, like what to look for in a serial killer. It's absolutely nuts. That's, and, that's actually kind of tight. So, yeah. so your show, The Looming Tower, it's a Hulu yeah. show? It's, it's a Hulu, Hulu original. So okay, there you go. You need Hulu for it. Luckily, the price went down. So if you can't afford the five, six bucks a month, that's Dude, that's if I'm going to add one, but, I got to add one more. Everyone go, if you have an HBO account. I don't, but. Okay, well, find a friend who does. Bum off Mooch them. off them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grab a solid bum off their HBO account. And look up True Detective Seasons 1 and 3. If you haven't seen any True Detectives, True Detective Season 1, in my opinion, is the greatest season of any TV show on television ever. It was so well done, won Emmys and awards across the board. Woody Harrelson and, Math- Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, solid detectives, really great pair on screen. Season 3 is in its, I believe, fifth episode right now. Mm-hmm. That's just my last put in for TV, but go give it a look-see. It's something else. Yeah. yeah. What have you been watching, Ian? Uh, so recently, 
me and my girlfriend, we binge watched the show You on Netflix. Dude, just finished You. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, my girl and I watched You. It was a mess of a show. Yeah, oh it's... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Without giving too much away, it is a roller coaster of events and emotions. Yeah, so it really what is. what is it about? Okay, so it's about a guy who... He works in a bookstore and he runs a bookstore. And he... Oh, he stalks potentially one of his customers, so he becomes infatuated with rather oh. rapidly. And he, through oh. stalking, he manipulates every part of her life in order for her to, like, become his. Like, like yeah. they, they fall no, in love. Giving too much he, get, he uses the information you put out on social media to insert himself effectively into her life. And cut out her already, like, cut out her extensions. Huh. Yeah. And sometimes... It, 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 like, honestly, it made me think about, like, personally, I'm not on any social media. I haven't been mm-hmm. for a few months, but love and life. But it's just, I think back, like, it's crazy to think how many people, like, post pictures of their addresses, post pictures mm-hmm. of, like, their children. Like, not to be so conservative, not to be so... But in a way, like, you, you don't know who's looking at these photos. You don't know. You know what I mean? Just because just cause you see likes doesn't mean that those are the people who have seen it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a great example of just like, dude, watch out what you post. And, and, and honestly, like, un- try and understand the people in your life, you know? Right. Because you don't know who's insane. That's kind of the point yeah. of this TV show. And exactly. Like, he's not, he doesn't come across as a creepy guy. He's, he's mm-hmm. fairly handsome. He's charming. He's polite. He's nice. And he, the, tro- the, the show does a spectacular job of having you take his side, which I think is very impressive considering the dark deeds this guy accomplishes. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, I mean, granted, the, the writing of the show is off sometimes, some of the lines and the acting aren't, aren't great, yeah. but it's still overall a, f- a fairly... It's an entertaining show. Dude, you're, it you're sucks get, you in. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. sucks you in. I'm like, dude, like halfway through, I'm like, can I just be done with this roller coaster? Like, let me off. And yeah, the, exactly. The dude running it, the control yeah. box is like, nope, we're still doing this. So it, I'm like... It seems like it brings a whole new meaning to sliding into someone's DMs. It, that's, exactly exactly that's exactly what it does. Exactly yeah, it. and oh. like, I think it like came out appropriately in the wake of like... The Ted Bundy film coming out, starting with Zac Efron and the Another Ted Bundy. Yeah, oh opinions. my goodness! I have some opinions on that. I just I just finished the Ted Bundy documentary series. That is it Netflix original? Yeah. I think so. I haven't. I haven't yeah, seen so I them. finished the Ted Bundy documentary series, and my, I mean, I was blown away at how much I didn't know. I mean, I've heard the name Ted Bundy always as a joke. Like yeah, exactly. Associated with other serial killers, like yeah. I never, oh, he's no Ted Bundy. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, uh, whatever. I never looked into it, so this documentary provided me with everything I didn't know. The fact that you, as a movie company, the people who are putting out this Ted Bundy flick with Zac Efron, in my opinion, like just from watching the trailer alone, I was like, you're glorifying this dude and his life. Like, you're making Zac Efron, who's known for being funny and positive and being in comedies and super attractive, you're taking that guy and making and, and, and essentially trying to draw a line with Ted Bundy. And I'm like, like with Mindhunter, 
they're glorifying the people who need to be glorified, the law enforcement mm-hmm. officers and FBI agents and people really putting their lives on the line to further our knowledge of the criminal mind. This movie, I, I think, can go two ways. You know, One way, they're going to take the direction that it needs to go in and show the horrific path that Ted Bundy led in his life, or they're going to go for a more quirky approach where they are glorifying Ted Bundy and turning the tur- turning Ted Bundy into a character essentially. Those are the two routes. I just don't I don't think making Zac Efron Ted Bundy does Ted Bundy's story any justice. I think it seems like it's done pretty well cuz I know somebody that went to Sundance and saw it and they posted something on Twitter where it was like yeah, I keep on waking up at night because I'm afraid and I keep on seeing his face and I can't go to sleep. So I certainly hope that they did him justice. Like, well, That's the thing. I think like, the romanticization isn't inherently bad because like, mm-hmm. not every serial killer is this creepy dude that like, you know, lives in holes in the walls yeah. and, I mean, that and was smells bad. What? That was... I mean, Ted Bundy is the guy that changed what the serial killer looked like in the minds of America. He, exactly. He made the serial killer what it really... Who they really were. Normal people to the rest of us. Right. That's the scariest part of Ted Bundy, is how normal he was. hmm Yeah. But I like... In our country, in the United States, we have a super extensive history in glorifying criminals in our mm-hmm. media. Whether it's our music, I mean, earlier in the podcast we were talking about outlaw, outlaw country, basically like the bad boys of the country game. Mm-hmm. From that to just like the good, bad, and the ugly era of, and John Wayne era of outlaw cowboy movies. In real life, like we live in Utah. Utah has a super extensive history of dealing with outlaws. I mean, uh, is it, what's his name? Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah. They were yeah. from Utah. Right. Their hideouts were in Utah. But it's like you, you read up on a lot of these criminals and the pain and horror they inflicted on everyday citizens is immeasurable. So, I mean, that's the thing is I think we need to, as a society, in my opinion, just take a better, do a better job at not glorifying their crimes and being on, like that's how you're going to do their stories justice is by being honest uh-huh. about the impact these people made for good or for bad. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah that's just my take on it, you know. I dig. I dig. Yeah, I mean, for, for, for movies, I haven't watched any... I, I haven't seen a new movie this week, to be honest with you. I, haven't seen a, I just haven't sat down and watched a movie in a hot, hot minute. <laughs> like, I mean, we, we talked about uh, Outlaw King. Oh, dude, uh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. So many people didn't movie. love it. I thought it was so good. Great movie. The first 20 minutes is all in like one shot. Like they, oh, they don't wow. they don't cut at all. It's, yeah, it's, it's a tracking amazing. it's a tracking shot, and then it's okay. an epic tracking shot of the official surrenders from Scottish lords during the first Scottish uprising against the British. And in one tracking oh. shot, they show the surrender of Robert the Bruce and his forces and other allies of William Wallace on top of the siege of Stirling, which is oh. one of the first British sieges where they used like insanely large I think they were trebuchets trebuchets yeah mm-hmm. I mean trebuchet over catapult <laughs> yeah of course for all of our meme lords out there it's trebuchet over catapult but like the I think like so many people love Braveheart mm-hmm. obviously I mean I, I don't it's know a good did, story. It win, it's a good movie. did it win best picture 
I'm not sure. I want to say it did. Yeah? Okay. Well, Braveheart is so inaccurate historically. Like, the historical community saw Braveheart and were like, what on earth did we just watch? Mm-hmm. Like, they're wearing kilts in the 1300s. That's insane. <laughs> like, if you know your history, like, they, were, they, didn't wear, they didn't wear any sort of kilt. Like, possibly plaid, but they didn't wear any kilt until, like, at least the 1600s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on top of that, Braveheart isn't even the name, the nickname of William Wallace. It's actually the nickname of Robert the Bruce. And that comes after he, after he dies. So, I mean, for, for, a, for a studio and for a company like Netflix to go out of their way to produce a, a movie that takes a more historical, historically accurate approach to filmmaking in, in a historical setting, obviously, mm-hmm. um, I appreciate that a lot. I thought it was so, like, even though some parts of it were a little, I mean, dude, it's a movie, you know, it's not the real thing. It's going to take a little bit of a left turn in some parts, but I think, like, as far as warfare goes, as far as the, the, the important events go, man, I think Outlaw King really hit it on the head. Yeah. It was amazing. But, I mean, I don't know, dude. I think these studios are doing such a good job, these internet studios. I mean... Hulu Originals kill it. HBO has always killed it. Netflix is just destroying the game right now. Like if I was if I was in the movie industry, I would just be getting more and more worried about right. the- movies in theaters. Let alone cable. Oh, <laughs> dude, cable. R.I.P. Yeah, right. I mean, the only done thing so. I still watch on yeah. cable is Vikings on history. That's the only thing I really watch on cable. But that just got moved to Netflix. I want to see. Dude, that's on Hulu. <laughs> I want to say it's on Amazon Prime though, also. Yeah, it, but, like, I don't know. I think that, like, studio exclusives are becoming, like, you know, streaming exclusives. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. You can get multiple streaming services that are half the price of cable packages. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I think I think cable's obsolete. If you're still watching cable, you know, what are you doing? Like, like exactly. make the switch. It's some, like, Cancel your cable subscription, you know, just go with a solid internet package and move that money over to some streaming services. We're not paid, by the way. We're just saying this. Yeah, no. If we streaming got paid, companies yeah, pay us, paid. please. If we got paid, we talk about it more. This but, is awesome. See, and if you don't have enough money for streaming services, we just got to mooch off a friend again. That's right. Make some good buddies. Yeah. Take their passwords and then leave, obviously. Dip. Yeah. But. I mean, one last plug, I think, like... You're listening to a podcast right now. I myself am a huge podcast listener. I'd like to give one shout to the cold podcast done by KSL. If you guys are Utahns, locals, anyone living in and around Utah, you're probably familiar with the Josh Powell case, Josh and Susan Powell case. Have you guys heard of that at all? No. So for our listeners, Peter is from Idaho, and Ian, although is an American citizen, grew up primarily in Germany. I, however, am from Utah, born and bred. Uh, a little while ago, I, I, to be honest, I don't really watch the news in our state. I just don't get around to it much. But they, there was this case that no one could escape. It was all everyone heard about for a little while. It was the Josh Powell and Susan Powell case. Without giving too much away, Susan Powell went missing, and a lot of people immediately oh, turned around that's right, that's right. Josh. Mm-hmm. KSL uh, it has done this podcast called Cold. It has followed the Josh and Susan Powell case so miraculously. and it, Oh my gosh, it's, it's an amazing podcast. I would plug mm. that one to the fullest at the moment. I'm hooked. You guys listening to any good podcasts at the moment? 
I I think my little podcast plug slash what I've been listening to a lot is this one called Song Exploder. And it just, they take songs and they just break them down. And that's where I, I actually learned about the song Boyish. Oh, I've, is, I've heard of, I, I listen to podcasts like that where they take like, they just like take, pick apart certain songs, like what yeah. they mean and stuff. It's called Punch Up the Jam. Okay. So like I totally, that I vibe with that kind of podcast. Like it's, yeah. it's so interesting to me. It's, it's fascinating. Some of my favorite artists have been on there and they just, they break down one of their songs. Like the Bleachers was on there. I want to say Kimbra for people who know her. Dude, major um, throwback to Kimbra. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Her not, stuff is not good. As, not as one hit wonder as Godier. Oh, <laughs> her albums are so good, but that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah, yeah. But they just, they spend maybe 15 minutes and they just break apart a song and they talk about how each part was formed and it's, it's absolutely fascinating. Right. So that's what I would recommend this week. Uh, I'm always listening to like the TMG podcast done by... Cody Coe and Noel Miller, um, super. That is the tiny meat game. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's they just went on tour in in Utah in, in Salt Lake, and I totally missed it. Dude, well, I saw Broke the video Boy. they posted. Yeah, where they were posting their dates and their locations, and my girl and I love Cody Coe's that that's cringe oh, videos yeah, yeah, yeah. on YouTube. Go give those a look. Yes, yeah. so funny. funny guys, very charismatic, very naturally funny. But their tickets, I mean, we looked as soon as we saw the video, which was posted, I think, like, not even 12 hours before. Tickets were sold. Yeah, in a mm-hmm. day. In Salt Lake City, Less Utah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely insane. That's a great podcast. Yeah, too. yeah, great podcast. Real funny guys. All their con- content is uh, is pretty stellar. Check them out. That's my, that's my, uh, my podcast listening uh, as of right now. Uh, any, any... Closing remarks, fellers? Well, as of, I think it was yesterday, as of maybe Thursday, I think, we are on most major podcasting platforms. The State of Nature podcast is out here and we are in the game. So whether you have Outcast, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, go give us a listen, like, and subscribe. Maybe even throw us down a sick review. It would greatly help us. I think that's it for this week on the State of Nature podcast. Wait, before you finish there, we also have a Twitter page, at S-O-N podcast. Uh, we were, you know, following the political and historical realms. So there's anything you want us to talk about, uh, just hit us a DM. Our DMs are open or reply to one of our tweets. Just let us know and give us a listen. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And we're, we also have an email, the.sun.podcast at the, let me... Start over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, no, you're, yeah, yeah. Take, take it <laughs> anyway, easy. I'll take it easy this time. Yeah. The.sun.podcast at gmail.com. And you can send your feedback that way also. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this. I mean, we are a topic-based podcast. If you want us to go over one of your favorite topics, something you've been thinking about or something you've seen, let us know, please, and thank you. And that is it for this week's State of Nature podcast. I'm Ethan. I'm Peter. I'm Ian. And we will see you guys next week with a fat podcast. All right, catch you guys on the flip. Bye-bye.